Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, responds, and responds to every movie, show, one-shot, and special presentation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And before we start this week's episode, we would, um, I guess, like it maybe if you followed us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore Rewind, underscore Rewind, not the other one. Uh, and also, if you can give us a, a rating on something like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or whatever it is that you use to listen to podcasts, that would be great. And tell your friends about the show. Uh, and I think if click the subscribe button if you haven't already clicked subscribe. That way you, you automatically get told about them. That's good. Cool. All right. With that out of the way, uh, today uh, we are celebrating our uh, Christmas special. Uh, so every year we always do something Christmassy. Um, in the past, it was watching some kind of uh, Marvel movie that was not in the MCU, uh, but tries to follow some sort of uh, theme. Uh, so sometimes it was uh, a man in a red suit. It was a woman in a red suit, um, angry green guy, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, this year, we just could not think of one to do. <laughs> so we did something a little bit different. Uh, if you previously listened to our 100th episode, first of all, I want to apologize. I'm sorry about that. But if you listen to our 200th episode, <laughs> we're doing something uh, similar to, to the, well, similar to both 100 200. Uh, Tony and I have separately uh, read a Marvel comic that is uh, Christmas themed, and we are both going to teach the other person about it. Uh, the one I read only had one story, and Tony, I guess, wanted extra credit, so he decided to read three. So he will be teaching us all about... Hey, 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 to be fair, first of all, yes, I want my extra credit. Second of all, um, we decided to read an issue. It wasn't my fault that my issue had three um, stories in it, and you couldn't really find an issue that you were looking for. That's fair. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Well, uh, Tony... Before we actually start this episode, um, I want to uh, give you a gift, uh, a little little surprise. Let's let's call it a Christmas gift, I guess. Uh, okay. Not the actual Christmas gift. Your, yours will be in the mail at some point, but uh, for the show. So uh, before we actually, before I tell you what it is, I need to give everyone a little bit of background to make sure we're all kind of on the same page. Because I mean, not everyone follows us uh, as uh, vehemently as the majority of our listeners, of course. So about a year ago, uh, someone decided to make a Twitter account that was MCU Rewind. Now, our official Twitter account is MCU underscore Rewind. Uh, and basically for about this past year, uh, someone has been running it and messing around with us. Um, it seemed yeah. more like they were messing with you, Tony. Yeah, A little bit, a little bit. I, I felt targeted, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> So I reached out to the person running this account and have invited them on the show. Tony, did did you notice that they've already joined our, our Zencast recording? I did. I was wondering why there was a guest, then I saw them <laughs> pop up. <laughs> All right. So uh, Al, just so you know, just so you know, I know we don't record with our video on, but I am covering my eyes and slightly <laughs> cringing at who this guest is going to be. <laughs> okay. Well, person, if you can uh, reveal yourself. Hello everyone. It is I, Arthur Ignacio. Tony, I am sorry to say that Al has been running the MCU Rewind Twitter account the past year just to mess with you. You know what? You know what? Two things I'm not surprised about. First of all, it was you. <laughs> okay. And all second right. of all, uh, I knew who the guest was going to be. I was like, no, don't, don't bring Arthur back. Please, please, for the love of... Oh, damn it. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, Arthur, you can you can get out of here. I'll leave now. <laughs> I know when I'm not wanted. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I, I mean, I didn't uh, really try to hide it. <laughs> that it was me. Um, did, did you think it, it was? At no, I knew it was or... you the whole time. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Good, literally, good. <laughs> literally, there was no one else who would have done this. <laughs> Okay, good. I, my, my list of suspects was not just one name. It was two letters. It was A and an L. <laughs> In that order. Yes. Uh, well, good. <laughs> you know me too well. Uh, unfortunately, that kind of ruins it for me. I'm like, ah, oh, man. I, I, I mean, I, I assume that you would have figured it out at some point. Um, but <laughs> all right, fine. 
Well, good times. All right, I guess now <laughs> I can stop running that other Twitter account. That'll be nice. Or not. No, uh, no. Uh, at least we get some engagement with you running another account. <laughs> that is true. That is <laughs> the most engagement that, we, uh, that we've gotten in, in years. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. Well, with that out of the way, um, let's go ahead and start. Tony, did we ever decide who was going first or second? I know we talked. Uh, we decided off air, so feel free to edit this out mm-hmm. or not. Uh, that I will tell my first story, then you will tell your story, then I will do my other two stories because the last one's pretty short. Okay, that does sound vaguely familiar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, what was the first story? Well, the issue I read was the Marvel Holiday Special 2005 originally released on November 30th, 2005. Uh, In this issue, this extra long issue, I didn't realize before I started reading it, it's 49 pages long, uh, is the first story is Mole Man's Christmas. So there's been an epidemic of uh, uh, mall Santas kidnapped uh, (laughs) all across the, uh, I'm guessing New York. Because, you know, that's the only important place in the Marvel uh, universe. Uh, so just just want to stop there right now. Just it, This is yet another reminder of why living in a comic book world would suck. Like, this is yeah. such a random thing. You're like, yeah, I'm going to be a mall Santa. A job that is, for the most part, pretty safe. And yet, here you go. Now just some random villain is kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it's Mole Man or something related to that. Well, okay. Have you ever seen the first issue of, like, the cover of the first issue of Fantastic Four with that big green guy attacking the Fantastic Four? I probably have, but did not know that that's what that was. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty, you know, it's pretty iconic. It's the first superhero comics uh, of the Silver Age. Well, that giant green monster that's on the cover is uh, kidnapping Santa Claus. Uh, Santa's in a mall. And suddenly the ground opens up and Santa is being pulled deep underground by this giant green monster. <laughs> uh, or, um, and we get a quick shot of them bringing him under down. And I guess San- uh, Mole Man's minions are called Moloids, which are like bald yellow guys in loincloths. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so I mean, they put. To be fair, if I had minions, they would be in loincloths too. Yes, that's true. Um, actually, that's probably not true for me at all. Um, <laughs> so they put Santa Claus on a chair, like on the throne, and the bunch of them give him thumbs down. So they throw them him into a pit with at least like six other Santa Clauses in there, right? Okay. Uh, the next panel. Shows another Santa Claus uh, ringing a bell, probably for, like, um, Salvation Army or something, uh, next to a newspaper stand that says, uh, Santa napping, baffle cops, uh, Spider-Man suspect. Uh, <laughs> because, of course, this is the Daily Bugle. So, <laughs> um, a monster bursts out of the ground, a different one this time, and about to kidnap Santa, but this time the Fantastic Four show up. And uh, easily dispatch the monster using uh, Invisible Woman's like force fields. And uh, Ben, the thing, grabs some uh, mole men or some moloids. Uh, but, and they were like, these guys don't talk. It's like one of the things the mole, that's, they all know that the moloids don't talk. Everyone knows this except for Johnny Storm, who keeps questioning him. But uh, <laughs> realizes, oh yeah, we fought these guys a lot of times before. Can can the moloids speak? They cannot. They cannot speak. Okay. Can, yeah. can they see like moles or moles? They can. Can moles see? I like historically they say or like was it like people say they can't see, but they also say bats can't see. And bats can mm. see, so I don't know if it's accurate or not. Okay, got it. All right, all right. I'll, I'll stop asking stupid questions. Go on. No, c- continue. It makes it better. Um, so they bring one of the moloids to the lab, uh, to the Baxter building, and they use one of Reed Richards' inventions to put a hat on the moloids, and they can see on the screen their memories, right? Mm-hmm. And their memories show moloids bringing 
uh, gifts to Mole Man. Like, not Christmas gifts, like uh, things they've uh, stolen, right? And okay. one of them is a uh, a snow globe. And all uh, Mole Man says is Santa. And he drops the snow globe and storms out and leaves. Uh, so they don't know why. Uh, the Moloids are confused. Like They're trying to bring Mole Man back by kidnapping Santa Clauses and seeing if each of these Santa Claus will bring him back. So far, none of that has. <laughs> okay. All right. So the Fantastic Four... or. Three quarters of the Fantastic Four say, hey, we need to go down there. We need to kick some butt and save all these Santas. But Ben Grimm, the thing, is like, guys, this is a time for peace and love. We need to find out what's up with Mole Man, and we need to help them so we don't have to fight them anymore. Because, you know, the holidays is not for fighting. It's for finding the correct Santa, I guess. <laughs> Now, Al, have you have you ever seen Citizen Kane? <laughs> this might seem unrelated, but it's not. <laughs> uh, I have not. Uh, that's the one uh, where the guy says Rosebud at some point. Right? Yes. So, yeah, he actually, yeah, he says Rosebud uh, right before he dies, and he's holding a snow globe, and the snow globe drops. It falls, right? So it's kind of like homaging that. Yeah, well, okay, the... and, and just to be, to be clear, spoiler alert for everyone, Rosebud is his sled. Right? Yes, it's like his last good childhood memory. Okay, got it. Now I assume that that is going to tie into this. Yes, because <laughs> uh, the um, in uh, Citizen Kane, it's all about them going through his past because he's like one of these richest guys in the world. And they're trying to figure out what Rosebud meant. And it's just like, that was the ending. They, they actually never find out. We get a flashback to his memory. But <laughs> this comic is... Uh, Ben going uh, detective, uh, Citizen Kane style, and going to find out Mole Man's history to find out why Santa is so significant. Okay. So he leaves the rest of Fantastic Four, and he goes asking around. He, like, he call he asks Spider-Man if he knows anything about Mole Man, and he's like, we fought, and uh, we don't really, like, share deep emotional secrets when we fight. Um, so then he calls, uh, the Hulk and the Hulk is, uh, doesn't know any information. He also complains that Ben only calls when he wants something. So, I mean, I guess they're not that close, <laughs> but he also mentions that, uh, his cousin, She-Hulk is always complaining about Mole Man. Cause I guess Mole Man's go-to thing is to kidnap women to make him his Mole Man wife, his Mole wife. That. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, if you remember when we did our 100th episode, I watched that 90s Fantastic Four movie that mm -hmm. never got that never aired on TV. Um, or I think it did. I don't remember. Anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, that was Mole Man was in it and he kidnaps. I think it was Sue Storm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the oh, first no, issue. No, it wasn't. Oh. oh, OK. Got it. No, he kidnaps some random woman that Ben Grimm is like into. Okay. Yeah, and that's what it was. Yeah. Not Sue Storm. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, sorry. Go on. Yeah. This leads him to a, a formerly uh, kidnapped woman uh, who did uh, remember that he had a picture of a small child version of him uh, sitting on Santa's lap. Uh, so he also leads it to the in-laws of uh, this woman when she almost married Mole Man, uh, Mole Man's mother. Uh, ah. Or grandmother, actually. Oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so she talks to him about Mole Man, how when he was a child, he loves Christmas, but he was always so ugly, none of the Santa Clauses would let them sit on his lap. <laughs> so she has, she pulls okay. out a picture of him on Santa Claus' lap of her, her husband, uh, Mole Man's grandfather, dressing up as Santa, so one year he could actually sit on Santa's lap, right? Okay. And this guy has a very unique look. A look that reminds Ben of somebody. So the next ish, next page, we go down, we see him going into the tunnels uh, with a man dressed as Santa with very distinctive eyes. It is revealed that Santa's um, 
Mole Man's grandfather was a spitting image of Namor. <laughs> <laughs> so he has Namor dressed as Santa Claus to go into the tunnels, where they find the rest of the Fantastic Four fighting Moloids, burning them, keeping them bubbles, tying them up in their stretchy arms. Uh, and um, Ben uh, brings him down, and uh, they stop the fighting and help everybody out. And the mole men put Santa on, or Santa Namor, on the um, throne, and nothing happens. <gasps> no one comes. There's actually no resolution, except for we get a close up. <laughs> Of like for the mole man, there are no resolution. They're like, "Come on, guys, we tried. This is as close as we can get." Because this guy looks like uh, Namor looks like the picture. Mm-hmm. Then we get a zoom in on the snow globe he dropped, which says, "Greetings from Santa Barbara," and we have a picture of mole man on the beach in Santa Barbara that he just needed a vacation. The end. <laughs> Okay, so, so yeah. I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of how much it sucks to live in a comic book universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that all of this is happening just because the, the, these many seemingly unlimited minions, their boss just wanted a vacation. Uh, okay, got it. I, I do love the... Uh, I, I always like it with when a story is like, all right, listen, uh, the the heroes need to figure something out and it's a little tough to, you know, they, they, they have to investigate things and, and figure something out. And then they make these leaps where I always, you know, I'm sitting down reading or watching something and I'm thinking like, all right, that seems like a stretch. And then it, it turns out to be exactly right. Um, and I'm glad that in this scenario, like, oh, no, it just it it just wasn't that <laughs> completely <bad>. wrong. <laughs> no. uh, now, I do have a question, um, Tony, at any point, did they catch Spider-Man for kidnapping all of these Santas? Well, they haven't caught Spider-Man for, you know, all the other heinous things that the Daily Bugle say he's done, which we know is the most trusted news source in the Marvel Universe. So he probably... But no, he's still at large. All right. Someday, someday he will go down. If only we had evidence, like possibly more photos of Spider-Man, we would be good. Yeah, or someday video, if we ever get that technology. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. Okay, all right, fine. You just you move so fast, you know. You need like 240 frames per second to be able to to actually see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, what was your story about, Al? <laughs> All right. So mine was uh, essentially Doctor Doom taking over and being Santa for the night. Uh, okay. Is the the general plot of the comic I read. So, um, the the title of this was was called "I'll Be Doomed for Christmas." And the this was part of the What The series, so similar to What If, but What The. Is what Crazier. Called. Now, <laughs> this is a homage to I'll Be Home for Christmas. Does somebody turn into Doctor Doom for Christmas? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, man, that would have been that would have been better. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the title is similar to that, but I don't. Having never seen. The, the, the movie I'll be home for Christmas. There is a movie? a movie, but like when did this come out? Al? Uh, so that's the next thing I was gonna say. So this okay. uh, came out January first, nineteen ninety one, which feels weird for that being a Christmas thing, you know, being a, a week later. But I looked up and I, I found a couple of different things that said January first, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, well, usually they're marked a week or two after uh, they've actually come out in comic stores. Okay, that's what I thought. I was pretty sure, but I, 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 I never look at dates, really. So, okay. So, um, if you were listening, you probably realized that I said I had to look up the date that it came out. I didn't see it on the comic or the digital thing that I read because a um, little bit of uh, backstory. So, Tony and I were trying to figure out what which ones to read, and he found a list online with all these Christmas ones, and it mentioned this one. So I thought, oh, yeah, obviously, that's the one I'm going to go ahead and read. <clears throat> and come the time for me to actually read it, I could not find it anywhere at all um, to, to actually read it. So uh, eventually I found a 
YouTube video of each individual panel, and I just watched the video. That, that's all it was. So it's possible there were more stories in this What the uh, comic, but uh, I only read the one. Uh, <laughs> so, because um, he like slapped you guys. He, he yeah. could have found it, I, but he didn't want to. <laughs> I tried, I tried. I, I, signed, <laughs> I even signed up finally for Marvel Unlimited and could not find the internet. Uh, that's sure. what I get for putting it off to the last minute. I would have bought a physical copy if I could have in time, but I also kind of delayed until uh, a day before we record this to actually. Yeah. Read. So there's Fair. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this comic, uh, this was written by uh, Scott Lobdell and John Byrne. I Byrne. B Y R Byrne. Okay. I. He's I'm one of the biggies. <laughs> got it. Okay. I mean, it looked a little familiar, but I'm just I just don't know comic writers at all so okay good enough uh, yeah. all right so the mm-hmm. oh i was gonna say uh john byrne most notably he was uh did the x-men during like the claremont years like dark phoenix saga and stuff like that oh gotcha okay yeah all right so they they threw some some powerhouses behind this one all right. <laughs> yeah he also all did right. uh, um, spider-man for years and she hulk for years but his big one was x-men Oh, gotcha. Cool. I bet he probably did a bunch of what this, or, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Usually they're or, like, yeah, let's just do one of these, and it's it's like the the palate cleanser. Kind yeah, of. it might it might be that he, at the time because I don't know the exact time he was doing each one. If he was running, uh, or he was drawing for Fantastic Four, and they're like, ooh, a Doom issue, might as well let the guy who's doing it anyway be on there. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> All right. I was going to say I won't interrupt you anymore, but that's that's a lie. So go ahead, and we'll see how far we get. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So uh, this this comic is written like a Dr. Seuss book. Like, for example, the opening panel that we see the text uh, says, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the land, land uh, doomed subjects slept soundly in the palm of his hand." Uh, and, and and it just it goes on like that the the entire comic. Okay. And so it starts with. You know, it's it's Christmas Eve, and uh, Doom is is kind of just bored. He's just at home, like falling asleep, and then his alarm goes off. His castle, you know, defense system. So he's he's like kind of happy. He's like rushing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm got about to fight something, and then it's Santa. And so, um, <laughs> when he sees Santa, Santa's like caught in a what they in the in the uh, panel they call it a vice. Um, but what I prefer to call it is a gigantic bear trap that is around Santa's neck. Like, oh my god! Like it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. It like starts on the floor, but like it's it's perfectly sized to him too. So I guess that's that's cool. Doom magic technology, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess I, I guess what they don't show is Doom getting Santa out of there, because in the next panel, Santa's just like. Lying down in a bed in Doom's castle, covered in like, blood. Nope, no, no. Blood. Okay, that's, that's it. Just, just there. Doom and Santa's like, well, I, I, I'm too injured. I can't, I can't be Santa tonight. Uh, Doom, you, you should do it. Why not? Doom's like, oh no, that's, that's not, that's not. That's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then Santa says, like, all right, listen, if you do this, I'll make it worth your while. I will give you quote whatever your heart desires. Mm. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, all right, you know, whatever Doom wants, that's that can dangerous. be a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, very dangerous. Yep. So, so all right, yeah, Doom decides to do this. Um, now immediately, uh, Santa's reindeer just start making fun of Doom. They're like snickering and like making stupid jokes and like they're making fun of everyone. Santa uh, and Doom. <laughs> I mean, there there goes my suspension of disbelief. I mean, unless they're claymation, deer don't talk. All right, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll let I'll let it go for a while. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's one other thing in here, uh, but we'll we'll get to that. Um. So yeah. So so Doom is in Santa's sleigh. He's he's also got the Santa suit on, basically. Like you know, he still has his metal face and everything, but yeah, he's got that that standard you know red suit and all that stuff. He's mm-hmm. flying around with the reindeer on that sled, and. Uh, He's having fun, apparently, going around. 
So then he doesn't even notice when he gets to the Avengers mansion. Uh, and so he, he gets in there and he sees the, the tree in the Avengers mansion. Um, and he notices that apparently the Avengers get gifts for like their normal villains that they fight, like Ultron and Kang and others. What? <laughs> I know. Like, and so he makes a comment about this. Like, He's he's like annoyed or upset that the Fantastic Four never get him anything for Christmas. Yeah, I'd be mad too. Also, oh, after I get over my confusion. Yeah, exactly. Oh, all oh, right. Although, okay, so a little bit of a tangent. Um, I have a nerdy Christmas playlist because I'm me, and uh, five or six of the tracks is from. Um, did you know that Spider Man released a Christmas album? No, I did not. Uh, it's from uh, they released it around the release of Into the Spider Verse, uh, because they have that one clip of Peter saying that he did a Christmas album. Uh, <laughs> it's five or six tracks with uh, Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, uh, Miles Morales. I think there. I think my Peter B. Parker might have two, but it's like. Yeah, so one of them is about one of the songs is about the gifts that he gave um, Spider-Man gives to his uh, villains. Um, mostly, <laughs> it's like <laughs> um, Spider-Web to the face and stuff like that, kind of jokey stuff. But like, yeah, he gives mm. yeah gives Doctor Ox a nice punch into a wall. So <laughs> I don't think he can oh, get gift trap those. It's more the thought that counts type thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's he's very thoughtful. That Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, so after leaving Avengers Mansion, uh, first of all, uh, Santa Doom is being followed by Cap and Quasar. So, mm. yeah. I'll have to look up who Quasar uh, is. I've heard the name, but I, know, I don't know right? anything about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then he goes, and uh, then he gets to the Fantastic Four's Fourplex, which uh, I should have looked up if, if that's the Baxter building, but the, it, in the comic they called it the Fourplex, and I did not know that it used to be called that, or they used to live in a place with that name. Uh, uh, I... Go ahead. So, uh, I guess the Fantastic Four are a lot better at detecting uh, intruders, because Doom gets in there, he goes to the tree, and the Fantastic Four show up, like, hey, what? no, and then they all start fighting. And then the Avengers pop in, why not? Yeah. I mean, so... they have to have, like, anti-Doom or supervillain stuff. So, yeah, exactly. But also, why don't the Avengers? <laughs> yeah, I know historically, um, the Avengers weren't like the really popular teams. You know, it was more like the X Men and Fantastic Four. So mm -hmm. I guess that means that that they would have the better toys, the better equipment. Oh yeah, they have better funding. Mm -hmm. Yep. I guess. I mean, I thought it was because like. Doom is a primarily Fantastic Four villain. So they have, like, the Avengers have a bunch of anti, like, Kang and Thanos and other Fantastic Four or Avengers villains. But it's like, mm. uh, the Fantastic Four has got Mole Man, Galactus, and, uh, and Doctor Doom, uh, <laughs> repellent or alarms. Oh, okay. All right. That, that makes more sense. All right. So they're all fighting Doom. So you got Doom versus the Fantastic Four plus a couple of Avengers. Cap, Quasar, and I forgot who it was. A third guy showed up from the Avengers 2, but I did not write that down. So at some point during this fight, um, Ben Grimm punches, uh, you know, he initiates clobbering time, so he punches mm -hmm. Doom away. And uh, when they uh, when they get up, or when, when Doom kind of stands up after, you know, landing like 50 feet away or something, uh, there's a little kid who, who like looks up and says, "Santa, what? Why are you fighting?" And and then they realize that they're fighting in front of an orphanage. And so Doom, uh, I guess, decides to be a good guy and mm. says, "Oh no no no, they're my helpers, right? Uh, the, my my elves." And so then they all celebrate Christmas together, I guess, and then they like give out <laughs> presents and stuff. Because because it's Christmas, they all decide to be friends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, and, and so at one point, at, at the end of it, uh, that little girl that Doom first saw, um, 
like she hugs him and says, "I love you, Santa," and and all that stuff. So, Yay! And Doom's heart yeah. grows three sizes that day. I mean, that's basically what this is. That's what the story, I guess, is supposed to be. Right? It's written like a Dr. Seuss book. Um, the the kid actually, a little girl, was kind of drawn a little bit like a who. Um, okay. Kind of thing, right? Like Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, cut to several weeks later. So, like mid February. Yeah, exactly. At least mid February. Santa's finally feeling better. So, he gets yep. out of bed at, at Doom's Castle. <laughs> and so he, he says, All right, well, uh, thanks. Feeling, feeling a lot better. Thank you, Doom. Um, all right, I, I owe you a gift. And then Doom's like, No, that's cool. I already got something. Uh, so Santa just leaves, and like, so it it ends with Santa wondering like what, what why what would Doom have already gotten? And does he have like a horde of I cookies? Could... <laughs> uh, no, but you're you're I mean you're kind of on the right track. So Doom cuddles a teddy bear, and it was the teddy bear from that little girl at the orphanage. So that's like, you know, him Aww. happy, which also probably means that he, maybe he stole it from the girl as a reminder <laughs> like like oh i'm gonna miss that girl oh here i'll steal this uh this teddy bear to remind me of her <laughs> that's how i interpreted that oh probably i mean dr doom <laughs> isn't a good person oh yeah yeah exactly. he's actually one of the worst <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> uh and that was it that was that was i'll be doomed for christmas okay yes it is a what the? Yeah. Oh my god! It just occurred to me. <laughs> what? While your stuff is like in an alternate dimension, alternate timeline, right? <clears throat> All three of my stories are probably canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be fair, I'm not 100 percent sure what the is alternate timeline dimension. I know what if was. I'm not sure about what the. I think I what know, if is is a different timeline. It's just like crazier than what if what yeah what if what uh what if as i'm as i'm obviously losing my ability to speak while recording podcasts (laughs) Ah, okay and you'll be fine just start typing or something uh if you want you can type and i can bring back arthur ignacio no i'm good all right i'm ready for my part my next one okay so we go from one super villain being santa to another super villain being santa Mine is called, Yes, Virginia, There is a Santron. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We start off with a woman um, kind of like, she's working on a machine. And uh, we see her put a mask over it of Santa Claus. The thing is, uh, when she was younger, this girl, this woman, Virgie, Virginia, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we see in like text boxes saying that she's like a very very smart girl and when she was 8 years old she believed in Santa but the facts proved to her that Santa Claus was an impossibility and she kind of had a mental break because of that that fact so now she looks so, like oh good so, so, so I'm guessing she grew up before everyone knew about you know all of these superheroes and everything yes I mean I guess so okay I mean, with this, she's an adult in here, but they talk about like when she's eight years old, and she's kind of people are talking about her in these um, like text boxes. So I assume, like with Marvel's sighting timeline, she grew up like before Fantastic Four, which it was the big surgence of uh, superheroes back in the world after World War Two. So I'm assuming. Okay, all right, and yeah, that makes sense. So we see her like getting ready, uh, building this robo-Santa, and then we cut to Spider-Man swinging through the city with a bag of toys and Santa Claus hat on. Uh, <laughs> he's heading to the Avengers Christmas party, which he thought was going to be at Stark Tower, but apparently it was a, it's planned to be at the Sanctum Sanctorum, and he forgot. <laughs> and, you know, Spidey being Spidey, he's uh. talking to himself, uh, super upset, like worried that uh, MJ, who he invited, um, this is mm-hmm. around the time of Civil War, so like they know his identity and stuff like that. Or I guess, I oh, mean, 2005 was Civil War, right? 
All right. I cannot remember. That sounds okay. about right. Well, I was thinking that because like everyone, all the other heroes know his identity, which I thought he kept secret from other heroes, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just tells everyone he's Peter Parker. Maybe I'm wrong. That's possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, he invites MJ over, um, and he's like, MJ's going to be mad that he left her there with no one she knows her she knows no one to talk to and he comes in and she is being hit on by Tony Stark, Captain America and Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> oh, which makes me think it's not Civil War time cuz Cap and uh Tony are there together. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um Okay, I mean all right, just so I remember what mm-hmm. age or, um, uh, Peter Parker and MJ supposed to be... They're adults. MJ, I mean, from what little I've read and heard of the early Spider-Man stuff, MJ becomes his girlfriend in college. Because it was Gwen in high school. And okay. a few other people. But yeah. Alright, but they're they're out of college now. Like, and and the, I know it's the hard thing with, with sliding scale, but like, mm-hmm. basically what I'm saying, like, is she 25, and I don't know how old Tony Stark is supposed to be. 35? 40? God, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at like what Spider-Man start, status quo was in 2005. Um, <laughs> because, like, I kind of hopped on to Spider-Man with uh, my favorite, like, one of my favorite Spider-Man arcs is the Superior Spider-Man, which was a few years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like he already uh had like his own business and stuff and part Parker Enterprises and stuff like that. Yeah. Um Okay, all right. I'm just gonna see when Civil War was. Uh two thousand six, two thousand seven. So this is right before Civil War. So he was an adult firmly, because I rem- I read okay. that too. Not when it was coming out, okay. but yeah. So they're firmly mid to late twenties, right? Because he's in his thirties now. Okay. But anyway, sure. yeah, she's not <laughs> upset. Peter uh, had nothing to worry about because she's uh, she's Mary Jane. She she's an actress model who just like can talk to anybody. She's comfortable with that. Uh, so they're at the Sanctum Sanctorum, and there's a knock at the door, and Peter gets a, a Spidey sense uh, tingling. But he finds out it's just Jarvis, because Jar- they have Jarvis there, and his like, because he's a butler, he wants to clean, mm-hmm. so he's cleaning this device that like sends out waves of dread. It's because they're the second thing to him. At the door, has nothing to do with it. There's a guy named Gravity, who I guess is a new superhero, right? Uh, and uh, Wong, who in the comics is uh Strange's butler, um closes uh, the door in his face because he doesn't recognize him and the guy does not have an invitation, like a paper invitation. So he's just <laughs> out there. Okay, alright. We cut back to Virginia. Uh, and she's uh, turned on uh, the Santa bot, right? And it looks like Santa. It doesn't look like anything else. Uh, and he goes through his insul- uh, his what is it called? Command. She says, "Command prompt forward slash slash forward slash initiate run clause program," and um, she recounts what he's got to do: acquire a portable workshop with gift maker transmorgifier, mount up and uh and power up proton sleigh, project holographic reindeer, and. She says um, that's like now, even though Santa Claus isn't real, no child would ever have to be um, ever like saddened because Santa Claus is real now. Thanks to me. And Santa Claus takes off and she, he before he goes in like a robotic text. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to all. Except for the Avengers. The Avengers must die. And she goes, oh, no. as Santa Claus flies out. I mean, the Avengers will probably be fine. Like, I don't know who she is, but she just built some robot with spare parts she had lying around. Like, the yeah. chances of this being powerful enough to destroy the Avengers, I think I think she's good. She should just, like, ignore it and, like, go 
eat dinner or something. Yeah, probably. She's probably not worried. She does shout out, what'd she say? What? No! And then he flies away. So. <laughs> okay, uh, quick question. When you were saying, like, that command, the, uh, you know, forward slash, forward slash, She blah, said blah, blah. that, yeah. So she she said that by voice? Like yes. she didn't type it? No, oh, she's man. standing in front of Santa, and their speech bubbles are saying this. There's... I'm actually looking through the issue right now. I don't uh-huh. think... Yeah, we don't see even a computer in the her workshop. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, if you don't have something to type, then you have to say all all of that. All right. Yep. Um. So we get a, like few pages of the uh the heroes at a then at the Sengum Sengtorm doing some Christmassy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Cage hates Aunt May's eggnog. Why Aunt May is there? Why not? Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, there's some. I mean, it's too. Oh, good. I, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people just flat out don't like eggnog in general. So. I, I don't. I like eggnog. I mean, the idea of it sounds really gross. I know that, but I like it's enjoyable, <laughs> especially with enough brandy. It's fine. So yeah, I think that's the problem. <laughs> it, it needs. <laughs> From what it's been described to me, because I think I've tried it like once and there was no alcohol in it. Mm. Uh, to me, it was gross. But I think the only time people enjoy it is with alcohol in it. <laughs> and a little bit of cinnamon. But yeah, oh, pretty much. All right, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Anyway, carry on. Uh, the, uh, this is 2005, so we can't have this without some casual sexual assault. Uh, of course. Tony uh, traps Wonder Woman under the mistletoe. And gives her a kiss, right? And then a few minutes later, she's moved. And then Cap finds her under the mistletoe in a different spot and gives her a kiss. And again, she encounters Wolverine before she realizes Tony has put a little motorized thing under the mistletoe to follow uh, Spider-Woman around. So she has to kiss everybody. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Also, Spider Woman. For some reason, I thought you said Wonder Woman, and I just got confused. Okay, no. got it. Uh, Wonder Man's in the background of this, but he's never in there. <laughs> okay, got it. Ah, poor old Jessica Drew. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. So she finds this out and uh, punches Tony, or it's actually it's Tony Stark and Goliath, who is Hank Pym. So also mm-hmm. a bad person with women, and probably a bad person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she, she punches a Tony cause it was an invention. Like he, they're all in their superhero costumes. Tony has his uh, helmet off. So he like slams into the wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also like instead of getting a real Christmas tree, Dr. Strange finds this like magical carnivorous plant and transform it into a Christmas tree. Uh, so, so even though it looks like a Christmas tree, it will still attack people. It almost eats the wasp. Uh, Spider-Man and She-Hulk try to decorate it, and it bites She-Hulk, so she gets in a fight with the tree. Uh, so, that happens. Alright, okay. You know, this is one of those, like, Harry Potter things where you're like, yeah, they're, they're kind of lucky. Like, I, I get it. They're all super-powered, but, like, like how do, how is it that they don't have more people who just die from these stupid decisions. Like, why? Why did he make that a treat? Like, no, just get, just get a dead treat. Like, you don't want <laughs> this to be another fight. Like, come on, enjoy yourself for the yeah. love of God. Like, is he trying to kill people? He might well, be. Doctor Strange might be trying to kill half the Avengers. I mean, he might be. I, it... Or at a minimum, Aunt May. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's so weird. Everyone here is in their costumes. They they all have their masks off, but they're all in their costumes except for like Aunt May and um uh, uh MJ. Mary Jane. Yeah, and I think they never say her, but there's a woman with a baby, and Luke Cage is there. I think it's Jessica Jones because I know Jessica Jones Probably. and Luke have a kid together. Probably, I think that was around the time that they just just had a kid. So yeah, okay. I know during Civil War, like the baby was newborn, which is the, like a year after this, which is means like it's like four days after this in the sliding timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, Jarvis Wong and Wolverine uh, keep answering the door and see Gravity out there, not recognizing him, slamming him in the face, except for Wolverine, who actually 
uh, snicks out his claws and tells him to go away. <laughs> um, luckily, before he's like forced away, Luke apparently Luke knows him, Luke Cage, and invites him in and vouches for him. So they're like, okay, it's not a big deal. Um, but all right, so hold, hold on. Yeah, was he like actually invited, and he just he was, didn't he, have? He was invited by Luke. Um, not telling anyone else apparently. Also, uh, when he walks in, Luke announces that masks on because he doesn't know anyone's identity. So for the rest of the night, all the heroes have to have their masks on. I just like there's food. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta like, like pull up the mask. Oh God, that's uh, all right. I mean, to be fair, we now times we know how much it sucks to you know yeah. be around a lot of people and have a mask on. Um, at the time, they didn't really know. Um, <laughs> but man, Luke was just not thinking. Like, I'm no. just going to invite this guy and not tell anyone I invited him to the super secret party, mm-hmm. basically. Or super, uh, maybe not secret is the right word. Uh, exclusive, I guess is yeah. probably better, right? It's people with powers plus MJ and Aunt May. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think what Luke is thinking, like, he and his wife are, like, the only two here who don't have secret identities. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they don't have to have the masks on. All right. <laughs> so soon after, like, almost immediately after, because I did these things out of order, Jessica Drew punches uh, Tony and kind of, okay. like, right. breaks uh, the uh, the stairwell with Tony's Iron Man suit. Um, <laughs> someone comes down the chimney. And it is Robo Santa, or Santron, as the title says. Um, <laughs> we get a point of view with the Santa, and it goes, everyone says uh, naughty, every single person except for uh, Gravity, who says nice. So that's nice. So he oh. does a neural disruption. He says, Merry Christmas, neural disruption for all, and sends out this thing to disrupt all the neural patterns, I guess, of all the heroes except for gravity. Okay, even Jessica and Luke's baby. I mean, we don't see that. Actually, you know what? We do see that all the not Jessica, the baby, MJ and Aunt May, and Wong and Jarvis are all like in the kitchen and telling everyone to keep it down because the baby's trying to sleep. So they're unaware <laughs> this is happening. Oh, okay. Alright, alright. Well, uh, so while everyone's like suffering and like in extreme pain, uh, gravity, who's being uninfected, apparently uses his powers by making the neural disruptor, which is the device in Santa's hands, uh, super heavy and makes him drop it. And uh, all the heroes are recovering, but of course Wolverine recovers the quickest and attacks Santa, and the mask falls off, and it is Ultron. Oh no! <laughs> Shock. Didn't see that coming. I know, right? <laughs> Alright, so really quickly, the gravity, his powers are just controlling gravity? That's like, I, he's Gravitonian, basically, right? I guess, yeah, he's, uh, um, he goes up to Santron, and he says, gotta make, he touches the disruptor thing, and he says, gotta make it heavy, and it falls out of his hand. And so I guess he can make okay. things, gravity affect things more than other things. That's the only time he uses okay. his powers, and I've never heard of him before. Uh, did he have to touch it? <laughs> yes. Well, he reached to oh. it, so you don't see him make contact, but I assume that's why he has to get close. Okay, all right. Because, God, if he could do that from a range, he'd be, like, one of the most powerful uh, characters yeah. out there. I mean, he, he already seems pretty powerful just with that. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, especially if we can make things lighter, also. Oh, that's, that's super. Too, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the Avengers go to town on Santron. Um, he's got force fields, he's got electric powers and stuff like that. Uh, and so Spider-Man, like, backs away and gets, uh, Goliath out of the fight. He webs him up, gets him out of the fight because he's Hank Pym. He created Ultron. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we need to somehow disrupt this Ultron drone. Uh, the best way is to get a high-powered, uh, magnet with a power cell like inside him somehow so they get the mistletoe that tony was using to uh sexually assault jessica drew Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um 
It's like, that's it. this will work, but how do we get it inside of him? So Spider-Man has the idea. Because this guy's dressed as Santa, you put this thing in a Christmas cookie, he has to eat it. <laughs> and so Santa Claus starts electrocuting all the Avengers, except for Peter, who's out of the room. And Peter webs towards them from the ceiling a um, well, a Christmas cookie. <laughs> it goes, Santa goes, uh, what is it? Uh, protocol or Avengers protocol interrupted. Uh, alternative protocol leave proof of visiting ingest cookie offering. <laughs> so he eats the cookie and they use the remote control to uh, disable Santron. <laughs> okay, for, okay, Spider Man got lucky there. The yes. This is like this is like one of those times where like, oh man, wouldn't it be so cool if this had to happen? All right, I'm I'm not gonna do the smart thing. I'm gonna do the thing that would be so cool if it happens to work. And and there you go. It it just happened to work. <laughs> yeah. Make it's... him eat this cookie. <laughs> yeah. I mean he's like he figures like, well, if he's dressed like Santa and comes down chimneys, he probably has some Santa protocols. I'm like, I guess. That makes as much sense as anything. Yeah, but there's also the killing people, which I don't think is a normal Santa trait. So, like, there's, there's a line somewhere. I mean, we've seen Futurama. It's not unheard of. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. This could even be the origin of uh, that version of Santa Claus. <laughs> it, it very well might be. You're right. So, uh, Hank uh, gets Ultron's, Santron's head and has it, like, project on the wall. Uh, Virginia's backstory, like, how she, why she recorded all this backstory of her as a child, we don't know. But, like, after some previous Ultron fight, she found a drone, she fixed it up, so she could be Santa. So they find out where she lives, uh, we cut to her calling 911 to turn herself in for making an Ultron and releasing it on the Avengers. But, uh... The uh, phone, the cell phone in her hand gets swiped away uh, because Spider-Man's there and the rest of Avengers show up to give Virginia the best Christmas ever. A bunch of uninvited people with a carnivorous plant tree because they all walk in the door with her. <laughs> Woo? Do, do any of them tell that, tell her that Santa is actually real? In their yes, so okay, um, not okay. exactly. She kind of they kind of like they know her backstory. So Peter starts like trying to give a speech, saying like why Santa Claus is important and stuff like that. And he's like, "Wait, no, no, no! I'm not good at this, Captain America. Can you give this speech?" So, <laughs> so he gives a speech about living in skeptical times and not having faith and stuff. But as long as there are heroes and generosity in the world. There is a Santa Claus. The end. Okay, but also there is a real Santa Claus. He, he told her that, right? No, no one said that. Blade wasn't oh, there. God. Which apparently, oh, from Marvel Unlimited, when you look at the Santa Claus hub, it's only one issue of Blade. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright. Uh, okay, alright. Well, that's, that, that's good. You know, you yeah. destroyed a robot... Uh, and potentially sexually assaulted a uh, co-worker, a, associate, I guess. Um, what else? What else uh, makes for a good Christmas event? Um, I mean... Yeah, jokes uh, about a baby. Yeah. Mm. Reliving childhood trauma. Mm, yeah, perfect. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, masking around people. Mm -hmm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, awesome. Hey, uh, so just for time, um, we're not going to do the third story that Tony said he read. Um, I he swears he actually read it, but I don't know. I don't. I don't really believe him. But uh, if you want to know uh, what it was about, or if you want to read it, uh, Tony, what was the title of this this book again that had the three different stories? This was the uh, Marvel Holiday Special, which apparently they released quite a few over the years. So this was the two thousand five issue. Oh, so. Okay. If you want to read, what's the story? Christmas Day in Manhattan. Um, go ahead. It's a cute little poem about a supervillain. Ooh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> All 
All right, cool. Uh, so before we close out this episode, uh, we both wanted to try something a little bit different. Uh, you know, Disney Plus lately has been getting a couple of uh, special presentations lately, like mini movies kinds of kinds of things. Uh, we recently had the Christmas special, the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Um, so we're we're gonna uh, both we both showed up with an idea for a a special, and we're gonna go ahead and, and pitch it. So, uh, Tony, do you want to go first with the uh, with your idea of uh, what could be a cool, good uh, special for uh, uh, Disney Plus? Sure. So, um, this is based like writing this thing and this idea is based on what we know currently in the MCU. Everything's open. Um, also, one thing is based. This is based on a little conceit that where is unconfirmed, but we don't know. Uh, this is called "It's a Wonderful Sprite." Uh, in the, after the Eternals is over, Sprite is no longer an inhuman, though, uh, she is the last of her family left on Earth, because some left in the spaceship and some were taken by a, um, Eternal, not Eternal, a Celestial. Yep, spoiler alert. Yeah, that's why I said everything's (laughs) on the table. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing we don't know is whether or not she still has her powers. So I'm going to say, yes, she still has her powers for this to work. Yeah, I don't see uh, why not. Yeah. Um, so Sprite, she was always the impulsive one. She's always the one looking for acceptance, right? Um, now she's the only one eternal left on Earth. Uh, and it's Christmas season, even though she was there when Christ was born and she knows that wasn't in December. She's still taken aback by like the generosity and caring of the people of Earth. But she's depressed. So one cold night, probably around Christmas Eve, uh, she's walking around London, because that's where they left her, and she sees in the fog what looks like an angel. Uh, upon closer inspection, it's not an angel. It's a teen, maybe older than Sprite, is presenting but a girl with uh, long blonde hair with a small dragon on her back so that's where the wings came from Hmm. Uh, she introduces her as Ileana herself as Ileana and um, she has powers Uh, one of her powers is to be able to uh, teleport through time and space so they bring Sprite back to uh her like greatest moments with her family of the Eternals, um, saving humanity, showing how important her stories and her illusions were to the development of mankind, and mostly focusing on how she uh, brought about the mythology around Santa Claus and the myth of Santa Claus, and how nowadays how this infects all children and supervillains positively, apparently. Um, and it's just going through that, and eventually... Uh, they bring her back with um, Sprite being more enthusiastic about like being a force for good in the world again. And uh, Ileana uh, kind of says that she has a way, now that she's no longer eternal, no longer the team, would she like to join her school with other teens of powers? Because Ileana, if you know the comics, is magic from the X-Men. And about... <gasps> Yeah, right? And invite Sprite <laughs> to join the X-Men, or at least Professor Xavier's school. The end. And she has a new family. <laughs> Christmas is saved. <laughs> so is this also how you want the MCU to introduce... Uh, I, I mean, I guess for the most part, introduce X-Men and uh, Professor well, X? Well, I'm saying, like, this could be next Christmas special, or the year after. Like, they only do one a year, so we could have the X-Men already. Because I'm like... I love magic, the character of magic. She's like she I like her stories and stuff. She's not going to be one of the first X-Men they introduce. I know that. <laughs> so this is like 3 or 4 years down the line. Assuming the Eternals <laughs> never come back. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, we've already met the first uh mutant that they, that they've uh, already uh, uh shown off. First couple actually by now. Yeah, yeah, the first. Yeah, I mean Kate Bishop first obviously and then <laughs> Uh, followed by Miss Marvel. Yeah. Kate Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. All, right. All right. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
cool. It's got it's got some time travel in there, which works for for a holiday stuff. Um, I still hate it and think it's stupid, but I think it works well, yeah. um, well mostly it, because of uh, a Christmas Carol. I think. Yeah, Ileana does is able to teleport through time and space too. So can't wait to see her show up. Oh. Did not know about the time part. That's is that, yeah. is that like common? Is she just regularly like, eh, sure, whatever. I'm like she goes in the future and past and stuff. I mean, just reading the wiki, I remember her doing it in the New Mutants run back in the well late eighties or early nineties. I read that in preparation for that terrible New Mutants movie. <laughs> um, which, for the record, Magic, the character Magic, the only good part about that movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right, I got about a third of the way into that movie and haven't gone. Oh, dude, it's so bad. Um, watch it to the <laughs> end though. Because magic is awesome at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Is is mag- magic is the one played by Anya Taylor Joy, right? Yeah, which it, okay. it depresses me because I love I liked her portrayal of magic in that too. And like I know now she'll never be magic in the MCU because that was such a flop. Oh, yeah. Oh well, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All, right. All right, what's your pitch? Uh, all right, so I, you know, we got a lot of a lot of Christmas stuff, um, but there's like a lot of different cultures that we've already seen in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be cool to get like mini stories of what's going on with like winter holidays of of different cultures that we see, right? You know, what's going on in Wakanda, you know, what's going on in Telecan, you know, we got a group of people celebrating Life Day and also Christmas and everything, right? You know, mm-hmm. all the all the big hits. Um, Not to mention want... we have like. Uh... Uh, oh my god. Um, Stephen, uh, Moon Knight is Jewish, so Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah but I want so this. Yeah. So I want this as like like a Pulp Fiction type of story, <laughs> where like, um, you know, you, you've got like different characters and like they sort of kind of interact with each other, like they don't know mm-hmm. it in a way. Um, so. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe you you start with uh, hell. Maybe even even starts with um, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. Stephen Grant, Moon Knight, whichever. Yep, Stephen Grant. You're right. Moon Knight. Okay. <laughs> Mark Specter. Name we want to go with. Yeah, Mark. Because I almost called him whichever Stephen Specter earlier, and that's why I stopped myself. <laughs> like that was right. Uh, but yeah, pick one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe it starts with him. Uh, and then he goes, and then he, uh, you know, has part of his celebration, uh, and then he, uh, you know, sends a gift over to uh, his uh, friend who he met uh, on a recent uh, adventure, you know, uh, Okoye, and, <laughs> and then you know she's doing something, blah blah blah, and then it goes off, and then you know someone else uh, gives a gift to uh, you know a friend that they also met recently. Uh, Chewbacca, or you know, whatever it is, you know, something <laughs> like that, right? Uh, I, I I like that that style, like kind of going back and forth. Um, anyway. Oh yeah, okay. So Okoye obviously gives a gift to uh, Carol Danvers, who brings it to space mm. and gives it to Chewbacca. Ah, there you go. Yeah. You, there, you missed that step, so it works. <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> but yeah, huh. I would love that when Marvel and Star Wars finally crosses over, and it's. A reference to the Star Wars holiday special, and then no ever crossovers ever again. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of those things. We know eventually there will be some kind of crossover, and honestly, I hope not. I think I would hate it. I, I think yep. I wouldn't like that at all. Yeah, I feel like that would be. I don't know if it would be the end. No, I love Star Wars and Marvel too much, but I would be very unhappy. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I did have this idea. I'm not going to go into it, but I wanted a. Uh, you ever see planes, trains, and automobiles? No. Okay, it's about a guy trying to get home for Christmas, and all the transportation just sucks, and he never gets home, or he does. Oh. Spoiler alert! But like, it's very hard. Ah. All right. I wanted planes, trains, and automobiles in space with uh, Daisy and Souza trying to get back to Earth, uh, for Christmas. <laughs> oh, from Agents of Shield. Oh, that'd be yep. cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh. all right but we won't go into that because we are probably taking up enough of your time on this 
few days before Christmas or after Christmas or whenever you listen to this. So, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Sunday if you don't celebrate anything. Um, And join us next time when we return to our jolliest of characters, Jessica Jones, in Season 2, Episode 3, a.k.a. Soul Survivor. And remember to follow us on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, a great Christmas present for us would be to give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you're using. As always, this is the Marvel Cinematic uh, Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous Christmas. Christmas.